Hello and welcome back to the philosophy, the podcast where I talk about whatever I like. I am almost done with this painting today, which is very exciting. And I think as this ends, I'm going to call it a wrap up of season one of the podcast, which is going to be very interesting. So what I'm going to be doing today is just filling in the background bits. And I think I want to go with a dark blue. Now, the issue with that is that I think this painting looks slightly light now because there is kind of the um the white behind the two so I think if I already add a dark blue I don't know how that's going to look but also I've gone for such warm tones and no contrast in this painting so I think a blue would potentially look good or a royal green let's start with the blue and see how it goes um, so I'm going to do that and then um once this podcast is done I think I might just add some more details to this lady because I've been painting in such a weird angle in order for this to fit in frame so it looks really really weird and um, oh just as a warning this is going to be a very very rambly podcast because it's just going to be the wrap-up of um everything <laughs> so um apologies it's highly disorganized I have very vaguely an idea of what I want to talk about but no um points or anything particular so let's just get into it shall we Okay, so basically, the thing that I wanted to talk about today is on the concept of time. And the reason for this is that it is currently the 2nd of January, which is just after the new year. And something that I find very interesting around the new year for myself is just how much of introspection I can guiltlessly do in the new year. In the sense that I don't know why I have this feeling that I just get this extra free time around the 31st, the 30th, the 1st, the 2nd. It feels as though I've been given new time and I feel not guilty at all for reflecting on my last year, for reflecting on my life. Suddenly I'm like, oh yes, I can sit down for hours and just think about where my life is going and how I felt and how I've changed. And during the year, this feels like an activity that I have not a lot of desire to do and in a way almost I feel as though it's a waste of time. So I've been thinking about time in general and just how it works and why it potentially works this way. Why do I feel as though I have a write-off period around the new year and why do I feel as though it's a waste of time to spend time thinking about myself And what is this new year feeling of new year, new me, let's think about what happened um, and all this good stuff. So that's kind of um, something that I wanted to focus on a bit. And there's two books I've read recently that kind of touched upon this idea of time that I thought was quite fascinating. One of them was a book that I would not recommend because... (sighs) I don't think it was a great book. I think it just had one simple concept and it's just expanded into a whole book for no reason. But I think it was called Bullshit Jobs or something like that. And it was basically around the idea of kind of the modern workplace and how we work and all that stuff. Not going to go into the book specifically. But there was one part of it that I found very fascinating and that was around time itself. And the view that it's very, very recent that we think of time as something that people can buy. As in, it would be very ridiculous in ancient Greece, for example, for an employer to buy someone's time. Time just didn't exist in that sort of way. Um, And the thought of if you are working in an office job, for example, if you are not doing a lot of work, you are stealing in a way because you're stealing. Someone has bought your full 
time. And really, really thinking about this is very interesting because it's it just becomes more and more bizarre, you think of it, as in most people who have ever existed would have thought that it's absolutely ridiculous that someone can buy your time. Because in the past, people would just not think of time in that sort of way. And what I mean by that is that, for example, when people were, would think of time before clocks and watches, it was based on activities and activities were not based on time, if that makes sense. So people would not, there would be no way that someone could buy your time for eight hours a day, but things would be measured in terms of how long they took. So I don't know if this makes any sense or if this is going to be coherent at all, but in the way of you'd say, oh, I'm going to go to my sister's. She lives two boils of rice away. So the time to get there would be measured in terms of the activity that it takes. And I think nowadays we focus more on time on its own in isolation um, and in the abstract form. And I think a, a very strong reason for this is that jobs are measured in terms of time. And we have this, I think, I have this skewed perception of the value of time and the time that things take based on absolutely nothing. These abstract concepts that we've created um, in terms of what I should be paid for or how I should work or how often I should pay my rent. And of course, we need them to function on a day-to-day basis. And it's very, very efficient to know that I've been in the gym for a certain amount of time or that I need to be at work at a certain amount of time. Otherwise, I would not be able to function in day-to-day society. But I think there's these small moments of breakthrough when I realise that the value of time is just not equal amongst the whole year. And it's just not equal amongst every single day, even for myself, when there are times where I think that spending time on something is valuable and spending time on something else um, is, yeah, is, 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 it's not valuable throughout the rest of the year. So I think that's kind of, that's a bit crazy. And on this value of time in general, I think the issue with overvaluing time and the issue specifically with um, thinking that people can buy our time and can buy us for a certain amount of time is that we then end up comparing everything to that price, even subconsciously. So for me, spending an hour doing nothing then becomes a waste, either a waste of my, if it's a waste of my employer's money for me to do nothing for an hour while I'm at work, then surely it's also a waste of my money and a waste of my time to just do nothing for an hour. And that's where it starts to become toxic, I think. And this is, I think, what I've realized because we have this kind of dichotomy where it would be completely unacceptable, even if there was nothing to do at work, to just sit about for an hour because you're stealing, right? So I'm stealing value from my employer. But then equally, am I stealing value from myself if I do nothing for an hour? And where does this end? So I think this is where I was slightly concerned about um, the way that I am approaching time in general. And I think this just helped with a certain way for me to um, understand why I perhaps have these tendencies of fear towards spending time. And only in rare occasions, for example, in the new year, do I think, oh, this is this is acceptable for me to um, to spend time on this thing that I would potentially not have done throughout the rest of the year, because then it would be a waste, then it would be stealing from, I don't know what, but I think it's 
interesting to kind of press on that for myself and think exactly what do I think I'm stealing? Exactly what do I think I'm wasting if I'm spending no time? And I think it just comes down to, oh, I'm just stealing from my future self. I'm stealing opportunities and I'm not working hard enough. And this constant fear of, you know, being potentially unproductive and um, damaging my future self and only rarely having these times to reflect and think. So I just think that because we see things in this way, because we are supposed to be productive all the time at work, because um, not working is stealing from our employer, then potentially maybe you're doing the same thing with yourself. Maybe I'm just reflecting. I'm just projecting here 100%. But I found this within myself recently and I thought it was it was a good thing to slightly reflect on it others and think that, well, you know, that's that's probably not the right way to do things. And even at work, I disagree. I mean, I've been a manager many times and I know that there have been points where um, there's been nothing to do. And I have very much wished on the inside that I could just tell the people that are working for me and myself that let's just chill and let's just do nothing because there's clearly nothing to do. But appearing busy at work is more important than that very often. And um, it's very frowned upon to to do nothing. Um, And I think that that can be therefore quite toxic. So that is my issue with that. Oh, I have so much precious down here. Oh, let me try and remove that. Sorry. Okay. Um, The other thing that I wanted to touch upon with time is then therefore how to counteract that. And this is something that I read in another book and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I used to do the exact same thing. I don't know who this was, who the author was talking about, but basically they were saying that a way for them to be productive or to do an activity that they didn't want to do um, was to think that, okay, I'm just going to imagine that I'm in prison for the next few hours or for the next few days or for the next few weeks or for the next rest of the day. And then the activity becomes more pleasurable. And I think this is counteracting this modern way that we view work in general, wherein if you're in prison, the assumption is that your time has no value because you're just, if you're in prison for life, your time has zero value because it's always the same. You can do nothing better with it. So working then becomes you know, whatever, you can just work for whatever time. But in being free, our time supposedly has some sort of value. There's always something better that we could be doing with our time. So especially when we're doing activities that we don't find enjoyable or activities wherein the results or the feedback for what we are doing is not clear or is not promised, then we might feel, or not guaranteed, then we might feel as though this is a waste of time. So then just switching off and thinking, I'm in prison for the rest of this time, then that makes the activity a lot easier to do. (laughs) I used to do this with studying when I was younger um, or with tasks or, oh, this is awful, a lot of jobs that I did uh, when I was um, a waitress, for example, I would do this all the time. As soon as I went into work, I would just look at the clock and it's, oh my God, it's only been half an hour, have like nine and a half more hours to go. I would just think I am in prison for the rest of this time. And then I'm going to be free. There's nothing better I can do with my time. And then when the job ends, you feel as though you, you're you free and your time, your time gets value again. So I think that's an interesting way to kind of trick your mind um, out of these modern world systems that we are so used to using um, and then potentially be more likely to do what we're doing. So if you have a task to do that you really, really don't want to do, just thinking to yourself, you know what, I'm in prison for the rest of the day. Therefore, the only good thing that I could be doing with my time, I might as well just do this activity. And that just gives you 
I think that sense of freedom and it has other effects, I think too, especially this prison view and it's going to be an awful thing to say, but um, I think it also then makes me more grateful when it's over that, oh, I have my freedom back or, or what if I could, like, I would potentially, this could have been the rest of my life, but it's not. So I think this sort of um, negative-ish mindset um, makes you reappreciate the things that you have in life, at least for me, that's how it works. So it tends to be quite fun. So yeah, that was my ramble on time in general. Um, I'm still in that weird part of the beginning of the year where time feels a bit weird. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the value of time is. And it's one of those very, very rare years where I've actually had some time off um, from my formal job, at least not from everything. But um, so it feels as though I'm caught up in a a weird stage of my life where I don't have the usual guilt that I do for not doing things. And I find that very liberating. I think that's a strong reason why I do like the beginning of things, like the beginning of the year. I tend to have a lot less guilt in the beginning of the year for taking time off. Um, Not so at the end of the year. (laughs) That's so weird. Because on the 31st, I think that, oh, there's so many things I should have done, I should be doing right now. But in the... um, in the beginning of the year, there's this very weird state of of very rare freedom that I tend to enjoy. So that's very good. Um, and yeah, okay, I, I said this is going to be a short one. It wasn't very scripted and I don't know if it even made sense. But um, until I finish this thing that I'm working on at the moment, I just guess I can reflect a bit on how this podcast has gone and how it's felt. Um, I, I don't remember what I said in my first podcast and how much I talked about podcasting in general, but basically I used to listen to podcasts before I watched YouTube and YouTubers. It was one of, it's my favorite form of media. Um, I think it's so intimate and so beautiful and the topics that are discussed in podcasts very often tend to be I think a lot deeper than those that can be discussed on YouTube just because it's interesting, right? Because podcasts don't have an algorithm, so they're not very searchable and there's no competition really. Um, and you just put things out there and, you know, from majority, I mean, for me at least, I don't make any money off the podcast, so there's nothing, I just do it for fun. Um, and well, I could potentially treat YouTube the same, right? If I wanted to, I could treat YouTube the exact same, but because those algorithms and metrics are there, you want to do things in a way that makes sense. Um, While for the podcast, for me, it's like, I don't really care um, how much downloads it gets or how how well it does or what the metrics are. I just do it in a, in a very selfish way. So it tends to be one of the things that I, that I find so much fun. Um, I find it extremely challenging to do a podcast by myself especially at the start, but still, um, I think at the start I thought, okay, I'll do a podcast by myself so that I can learn to speak a bit better because I was, and still am quite self-conscious about how good of a speaker or bad of a speaker I am. And, um, I, I don't want to, I've never interviewed people a lot. So I'm very scared that I could have someone on my podcast and I just give them the worst experience of being interviewed ever. So I thought, this is not practice for interviewing, of course, because I'm not interviewing anyone, but I thought I would just ramble to myself for a while and then potentially um, 
invite people over later and the thing is I've never heard a pod a one person podcast before it's always been interview podcasts or co-host podcasts are the ones that I enjoy so I realized that it would be just a small thing and it was very much of a write-off activity for me where I said well I don't enjoy one person podcasts so no one's going to enjoy this and I'm probably if I'm probably not the target audience for this myself so why am I doing this but for me it was more kind of internal as in I get the space to sit down and paint and I get to talk about things and potentially become a better speaker but if you're thinking of starting a solo podcast it's so hard to speak to yourself for a long time um, because when you're with someone else and even a co-host you can and I've, I've filmed podcasts with other people where I've been the interviewee it's so easy to talk more because you can feed off what people are saying to each other and you can help each other to discuss things and um it's even someone's facial expressions when you're in front of them or the things that they're saying or their tone can prompt or reinvigorate a conversation. So it can it can be very, very interesting to to discuss with someone else. But when it comes to myself, I usually start these podcasts with a question I want to answer. And I come to that answer in like two minutes. And I think, well, this isn't a podcast. What are you going to talk about for the rest of the time? So I remember when I first filmed my very first podcast, that was very much the feeling. Well, now I'm just leaning into the fact of just ramble um, and just let my just let my thoughts flow, and yeah, like I said, decoupling any sort of expectations from it just makes it a lot easier to you know just talk um, with yeah with no with no implications. So that that tends to be quite interesting. But yeah, I think I eventually still do want to go towards um, filming podcasts with other people, just because they are very very fun and there's so much more I could learn um, in this way. I do learn a lot about myself in this podcast because. Um, I say things that I've never thought of before and I'm like oh that was interesting where did that come from um, and I tend to put things into words that I can that can help me understand myself and um, create frameworks for my own understanding of the world which is very interesting um, so I am learning a lot by from this podcast and I think I just want to continue I think for a bit longer to just be by myself um, in it but I think later potentially I can just get some paints and I do have some paints that I bought in the beginning and some canvases uh, for other people. So maybe have others come in and um, paint with me while I <laughs> while I do this podcast. I think that would be quite interesting. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a very, very fascinating experience. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I think it's kind of the, it's still one of my favorite things to do. And I think if I would have one form of media forever, I would definitely be podcasting, even though like... I'm much more proud of my videos on YouTube than I am of this podcast, of course, because like I said, I don't take this seriously, but um, it tends to be very, very, very fun and selfish, I think for me. So it's a very, very self-indulgent activity. So huge thanks to anyone who has um, gotten anything from it, if you have, or has enjoyed it in any way. Um, it's, I think, one of the biggest pleasures in life to do something that you enjoy and for other people to also find it helpful. It's just like, oh my God, I've tapped into something crazy here. Um, and it's definitely not the case for my podcast on a large scale, but I think to some extent, maybe we will, maybe we will get there. So yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about this color. Ooh, interesting. Okay, let me finish this and then I'll see how I feel about the blue. I don't know what thoughts are on the blue. Um, I think my thoughts are that I needed to use a bigger brush, but I think I'll just color it in and then perhaps add some texture to it. So it seems like this faded, out of focus, bluish background. Um, but yeah, I'm very happy with this painting, by the way. I don't think I've talked about this painting a lot, but um, I it was a photograph. I don't know where from. And 
I become obsessed with photographs that I see sometimes and especially when they make me feel things or confuse me I find that very interesting and this just was very emotive for me just because I thought well there's so much kind of sexuality out there and I mean that's great because it's an important part of life and there's very little on elderly people and their sexuality um but it made me feel slightly uncomfortable when I first saw it because it's not something that I that I often see and when I felt uncomfortable I found that very interesting I thought okay why why did you find this uncomfortable why is this making you feel weird um and therefore I thought you know what I'm just going to paint it because by the time I'm done painting it it will be normalized Um, I mean when you paint you spend hours and hours and hours looking at something so you kind of embrace it a bit more so this is one of the things that makes me want to paint things uh, is something that makes me uncomfortable or when I want to force myself to think about something or get over something I'll paint it um so then it can and then it's kind of a testament to this thing that I got over if that makes sense so it's really cool um to me at least so yeah my paintings also tend to be very selfish um they're just things that I find interesting um but yeah this was this is why I painted this and I think in the end yes I'm definitely a lot more comfortable with it now I saw these other paintings of um there weren't paintings that were again photographs which were kind of similar to this um, with other parts of the body and I was like oh I really like them I kind of want to do this is this my niche um but then I thought okay Elizabeth you need to stop and find something else so let's see I haven't decided what my next painting is going to be after this one there was an actual painting that I saw on Twitter that I really really loved um again of people's faces I do find people's faces very interesting um in general and I do really like to paint faces so um potentially I could I could do another one but yeah I'm not sure I think that's going to be my procrastination activity tonight is just look up another painting for me to do um and yeah that's going to be that's going to be quite fun um in terms of painting when podcasting, this is very interesting because people have asked me about this. I think in theory, my point was, oh, this is going to be such a good excuse for me to paint more because I never paint a lot. Um, I find it, it ties into this, but it feels like a waste of time and it's heartbreaking. It's one of my favorite things to do, but my to-do list is always so long that I constantly feel like, oh, you could be doing something better um, in this time. And I mean, ultimately there's nothing better for me to do than to paint for my mental health and for my pleasure, but for my rent and my medical school and stuff, there's a lot better things for me to do. So um, even though I imagine when I'm old, what I'm going to do is paint and read and write. Um, Now that I still need to get old, um, I can't afford to do that all the time. So um, I thought that would be such a great idea to kind of mix podcasting with painting because I would get more painting done. What I didn't realize is that it would add such a huge frictional barrier to filming the podcast at all. As in, I need to put the get the full setup together. I need to be in the mood for painting, for talking, for filming, for just everything. And it's oh, I don't think it was a great idea in terms of the consistency of the podcast or making the podcast easy to do. But um, I think it was a great idea in terms of getting paintings done. So I don't regret it. It just takes me so much more activation energy to actually um, to actually do it, which I think is quite quite challenging. But, you know, what is life if not trying to overcome activation energies all the time? And that's not a problem. It's it's all good. Um, so, yeah, that tends to be tends to be quite fun. I think I want to blur this out a bit. Let's 
see if I have a blurble. I think this is too big. I just need a fluffy brush that's not too big. I have the awful habit of never cleaning my brushes when I'm done. Because um, I can't be bothered. But the issue with that is my fluffy brushes are crusty. So they're no longer fluffy anymore. <laughs> Do we go for this one? Oh, that, that, this one feels fluffy. Yeah, that'll do it. Okay, let's blur this out. I really want to have this to have that, um, that kind of bo bokey, bokey, is that the, is that the look? But you know what you get with like those super pro cameras where the background is really, really blurred. That's the kind of vibe that I want here. So I'm just going to put these colors you know, I haven't used black in this painting, which is very interesting because a friend of mine, um, I just finished another painting before starting this and a friend of mine saw it and he's an artist, he's really good. Um, and he said, oh, I, I think you've used black in this, um, not this one, the other one. And I was like, yep. Uh, and he was like, you shouldn't use black. I've never had training for painting before. So any sort of teaching is just something that I've, um, that I always wanted to do. So I just did. And he said, you should just never use black in your paintings. Um, because it tends to really dull out the colors and try to avoid it at any cost. So use dark blues or use dark browns, um, but don't use black. So that I've tried to do in this, in this painting so far, there's no black used in this. And it's the first painting where I haven't used black and quite interesting. Um, I think I quite like black, <laughs> um, unsurprisingly. So I'm, I, I, I do miss it, but I think it's, I've managed it so far without black, but I think I might go in with a bit of it now that I am done. Um, so yeah, okay. I think what I need now is to bring this down a bit because the edges are a bit too harsh. There we go. Um, so yeah, let me just blur that out a bit. This is becoming a <laughs> kind of showing of how I paint. That would be quite interesting video where I just chat, but it would be the same thing. So we need to blur this out. So I'm going to just blend this color. Um, this is definitely the randomest podcast, so apologies. But yeah, almost done, aren't we? Ooh. sick i quite like the blue i'm not gonna lie yes it's such a nice blue okay i don't know why i just looked at the whole thing in its entirety for its first time out. i think this is good um i think my only issue with it is that now this has provided such a good contrast that i need to go back in um to the actual people and contrast them out a bit more why does that look so white in there but it doesn't in real life that's so weird. Is the light hitting that differently? Why does it look so bright over there? I swear it isn't. It's so weird. Okay. We're done. Um, now that... Okay, so this is season one of my podcast done. I think I'm going to call each painting a season. That's going to be a vibe. Um, now that we're done with this, I'm going to add some more details to this painting um, just so it makes a bit more uh, sense and even it out kind of 
um, even out the amount of detail on both sides. And yeah, uh, I think the blue kind of looks a bit fake over there. I, I just, I, I need, I need proper lighting. <laughs> I need proper lighting for angle to evaluate this. But otherwise, if you made it to the end of season one of my podcast, thank you so much uh, for listening, especially to this very random rambling episode. It's been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, um, it's incredible to be able to do this. So thank you so much for listening if you did. And yeah, I'll probably be taking a short short break while I decide a new painting and come back with season two. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming with me on this journey. I love you all loads and have a wonderful next few days, weeks or months until I see you again. And yeah, don't believe everything you think. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.